welcome to this week's very special episode of Dum Dum Die, an all-female, all-awesome D&D 5th edition homebrew podcast set in my homebrew world of Kalandos, my being me, being Carla, your GM. But this week, we're not going to be playing in, uh, playing in a game this week. We're actually going to be discussing... Um, a new setting and a new campaign uh, book, which is the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, which launched this week and is available to be bought. So please go do buy it because we actually got to play um, as one of the guilds as part of the Ravnicasts, hashtag Ravnicasts, where 10 different podcasts got to play one of the guilds from Ravnica to show and share what playing in Ravnica's like so because of that we did get to see it a little bit early and so we're here to share our thoughts on that around the table with me I have my amazing players as well as our amazing producer who also comes and plays with us in our game gems 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 and they're going to introduce themselves starting with gems 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 Today I am Tristan. <laughs> Not gems. And I used to play Jeremy. <laughs> Once upon a time. Do the gems. Just do it. Gems, 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 gems. <laughs> Good job. I'm Wednesday. I, I, I usually <laughs> play Santalaren. <laughs> I'm sorry, is there a spoiler? Oh, the way wait, I, I was trying to think. No, I usually play Santalaren, but for the Ravnica game, my character's name was Daria. And I'm Kirsten. In our regular podcast, I play Oriole. And in the Ravnacast, I played a wonderful Simic hybrid by the name of Mantil. Um, we don't have Nicole with us today, but we promise we'll make up for it. So Tristan is going to be guiding the discussion. Um, so take it away. Mm, as your Jumps, facilitator Jumps. for to die, uh, I have six questions. So the first one and a half questions is for each of you to That's answer. A very <laughs> one and a half. I feel like I just stepped into a math quiz that someone mm. did not prepare me for. Yeah. Like I how am very much, prepared. How, what is half an answer? <laughs> what is half a question? You will find out shortly. Uh, so, well, yeah. as Carla has mentioned, we did a thing which we are very proud of and was wonderful, and it'll eventually come onto this podcast, but. It is on the Dungeon Delve podcast for now. So having done that. So go listen there. <laughs> I want to know from everybody, what was it like and how do you think it went? The, the game? Yeah. So this is why it's one and a half. <laughs> Sorry, it's a so what was, what was it like playing in Ravnica um, and putting together a podcast as, as part of this uh, horde of people? And how do you think the final product um, sort of happened or, or is received? Yeah. How do you think it went? Yeah. How did it do? Cool. Okay. People are making eye contact with each other at the table, yet no one answers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I really enjoyed playing in within the the world of Ravnica. Um, it was it was really exciting, and there were a lot of new races. Um, it was cool. The classes, the new classes as well. Um, and I think we got to play the most exciting guild, um, the Summit Combine. So that was really cool. Um, uh, I also think, like, maybe in terms of the way it went, I think all of us were, like, a little bit nervous. It was, like, a huge thing that was happening. So we maybe put a little bit too much pressure on ourselves and forgot that what we needed to do was just play. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and I would like to play again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a little bit nervous was a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> I Didn't I cut us off at one point at the beginning where I was just too excited? 
and started kind of the podcast without everyone else. Um, <laughs> I think that might have been. <laughs> I think we were just like super excited because at least from Tristan's and my side, we've loved listening to the podcast streams from the previous book releases and found a lot of podcasts to follow from those things. So it's kind of like... I don't know. I feel like the equivalent would be if, like, your celebrity crush asked you out on a date and then you actually had to interact with them. It would be like that kind of awkward situation Uh, where you forget they're actually also a human and have feelings and appreciate normal interactions. (laughs) Yeah, if you could Uh, not be strange, that would be great. That would be wonderful. Yeah, so I think a lot of fan fan curling was happening from our side. Um, but I loved playing in Ravnica. I loved the complexities of being in a city with guilds who each have their own function and um, goals within the city. And yeah, I just, I didn't realize, but I really enjoyed the political nature mm-hmm. of the Ravnica world. And of course I loved playing Mantiel. That was so <laughs> fun to play a hybrid. And yeah, I just love the way Carla is an expert at putting us in morally ambiguous situations that give you and your character like a slight identity crisis and dilemma of, am I a good person? Is this the right thing? Are we doing the right thing? I don't know if we're doing the right thing. So it makes for seriously interesting gameplay that I don't... For example, we're playing Tomb at the moment with another group, Tristan and I play with my brother as a DM, and we're playing Tomb of Annihilation, and it's very much kill or be killed. So um, I like that there's a lot of complexity in Ravnica that killing something is not necessarily always the answer. Yeah, and I think uh, you mentioned it there. It's, it is because it's a different, different book and different style, and it lends itself to that. So Tomb of Annihilation... It, I mean, it's in its name. Yeah, from from my side, I agree with everything that's been said. It was just such an exciting, exciting um, thing to be a part of. And from the GM side, it was really cool because we have uh, the podcast GMs had a Discord, uh, separate sneaky that uh, the, the players didn't know about. Um, where what was what was really cool is we all spoke about our, our games and what we thought and how we could actually just leave a little breadcrumb to each other's each other's games in it if like if we could. Um, I know the Orzov Syndicate has mm. and the Zorius Senate have the most breadcrumbs, but the the Orzov Syndicate and the Golgari wasn't it? The Golgari one. The Golgari was one also, yeah. led into the Orzov Syndicate yeah. one, as far as I remember, because the they did no spoilers. Stuff. And then the Orzov Syndicate had stuff done yeah. to them. People need to listen to yeah. all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really amazing to connect with those other podcasts, but also to really try and create a, a complete world. Cause I think if we had all played our guild separately and I mean, look, no, we, we did play it all separately. And, but if there had been no interaction between the GMs, I don't think the world would have felt as full as it did. And I, uh, and that's the one thing, as you guys mentioned, that I really, really do love about Ravnica is because the world feels full. And that's mm. something that you don't get in, in, in a homebrew necessarily all the time. 
because your players don't know in your homebrew world, they don't know all the backstory and they don't know how they should feel about all the other, all the people they meet. So they might have to ask you and like, Oh, is drow a normal thing in your world? Do we like drow? Um, (laughs) Feelings, yay, nay. Like just generally, do people think drow are evil? But in Ravnica, what's really cool and, I know it's done in all the books, but because it's so political, the breakdown of how what your guild's feelings towards each of the other guilds is really, really helpful to create a context where I can just say, you see a member of the Orzov Syndicate, and then everyone's like, yes, I know exactly how to feel about that person. Um, well, you know, Assumption. guildist. Being guildist. Being guildist. <laughs> um, and... You know, I've I've always really loved. I think it's it's a, this weird thing of when you have very um, structured, uh, like a very structured setting. So, like Ravnica, I think is quite a structured setting to play within. It's really fun to play with, like to really be creative within those lines and moving around it within that. Um, within the guild and within what the guild wants and what all the politics happen. And even, I think it does. Yeah. Even within the guild politics of like the, hap, the upwelling and the hold fast yeah. within the semi-comma. <sighs> yeah. Morally ambiguous questions. Yeah. And it does. It gives you a really cool space to play where characters' actions truly do have far-reaching consequences. And what's cool is while your characters are playing and focused on their own guild, the other guilds are doing something at the same time. So you can truly build these monstrous plots Mm -hmm. that the players could walk into at the nth hour and be like, wait, this whole time we were worried about decorating our guild hall while you guys were overthrowing Ravnica. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Thanks for the heads up. Um, and I think how how they launched, it's just been really cool how all the podcasts have been cheering and supporting each other. And um, we've all said it in our own personal WhatsApp group here amongst ourselves. But the way Greg Tito said, dub, dub, die, is everything. Yes. It was super cool. That was very cool. Yeah. I, it's just been such a privilege. Mm. Truly, truly. Also, as an aside, in the DMs Guild, everyone was introducing themselves on Discord. And I'm like, hi, I'm from South Africa. And then everyone's like, we didn't even know D&D existed existed (laughs) in South Africa. And if someone said, and then the rest of everyone like put the finger up emoji that was like, yes, this this guy. (laughs) I was like, I laughed. It was funny. So follow-up question then. Uh, the Ravnacasts or Ravnacasts, depending on where Ravnacast. you're from, I suppose. has Ravnacasts, we're from South Africa, Indeed. okay? Ravnacasts. <laughs> oh, but so... Anoni, okay? Yeah. It's meant a lot of exposure to Dum Dum Die, as you've said, mm. um, but also to a lot of other actual play streams. And I wanted to know from the three of you, have you discovered any new groups recently that you like and why? Because of it. Or not. Maybe it just led you somewhere else. Wednesday desperately wants to answer. The Queens of Adventure. I was yes. going to say. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing, 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 amazing. Like, I'm, I'm just madly, I'm blown away by them. Not only by the gameplay, the interaction, the creativity, like, of the podcast, but from a because I work on post-production for our podcast, from a sound engineering perspective, flawless flawless mm-hmm. 
flawless. And like I am our, our I'm over ambitious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Like I'm pushing myself to that level now. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, okay, so they're inspiring. Yeah. I'm, you yeah. spent so much time already on <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm glad I found them a couple of months ago. Um, and when I heard that they would be part of Ravnicast, I was terribly excited. Okay, so Queens of Adventure. Anything else? What other ones? Uh, I have not gotten as far as I would have liked in the Ravnicast, but, I mean, it is a lot of content to go through, and work has been at least pretty hectic on my side. So I have only listened to Dames of Discussions, but Dames of Discussions, Dames and Dragons, the first episode, and I'm absolutely, absolutely loving it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just the, the character voices are brilliant. The girls play super well. I love the banter. Like it's just really nice and at least so far with the one I've I've listened to and I will carry on listening. Um, the girls don't seem nervous at all. Like they're just like playing and I'm like, how are you doing this? How do you not have nerves that like jitter and they make you like waffle on and do all these things and be silly in the cast. But they've created these wonderful, wonderfully silly characters that just work so well together in a party, even if it is for for a one shot and it's rare to kind of get that even if you are a, a group who's been playing together for so long like Santalarian and Oriel and Darby have taken a while to properly get into our our groove and then obviously when all our characters changed I felt like we kind of were like oh okay these are different people it's not Oriel who's going to just run off and get in trouble and Zantelaren's going to steal things like there's a totally different dynamic that I feel like they really got super super well yeah uh, I mean regarding the excitements and things like that as well just going back and mentioning it now I think we also well from my side I felt um, I put a lot of pressure on myself because under pressure, yeah, what's weighing down on me? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was visible. Yeah, <laughs> it's because I truly believe, like, and and not in like a self-deprecating way, but I think we were the we were the like most beginner of the podcast, the noobs. Yeah, we were we were the like. <laughs> Jen from D20 Dames was really nice and kind to have us join in. <laughs> uh, I think it's also for the fact that we've only ever done one other external thing, which was with Penance RPG for Halloween, and they were mainly running it for yeah. us. So we were like, take the wheel, Penance. And then we did our live cast stream, which is basically us just playing. And I don't know, I felt it easier no, actually, I lie. I was also nervous. But I felt it easier us being together and I think adding Kut in as well, which was a technical aspect that we've never done before, yes, yes. which gave Tristan a nightmare and a half. But I'm so glad. I'm so glad we did it. It was so nice to have Kut back into the fold mm. again after all this time that rain has kind of left us. Yeah. Um, it was so, so wonderful. But maybe maybe a little over-ambitious for us. <laughs> Yeah. Look, go big or go home. And yeah. we went big and we didn't have to go home. So I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, two of us were home already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I 
I I loved Queens of Adventure and and I think they're really really interesting people as well. So I've not only followed their podcast, but I also follow everybody on the everyone on the podcast. Wow, fan um, much? Just a, t- just a touch, just a touch. Um, and then I'm, you know, and it's and it's because I've interacted with her a lot as well and I know she's a really nice person in re- in real life and that makes listening to the D20 Dames episode and listening to Jen's episode just more special because you know that that person is such a genuine person who loves D&D loves the community and and really makes fantastic adventures that she does I, I can't believe you just worked in a pun what? that Jen is genuine did oh. I did, I was just super impressed there. Carry on. As you were. You were just super impressed that I was like, I didn't point it out. Mm. Yeah, it's because I didn't know I did it. <laughs> Fail. Fail. And and I really loved how you know Jen took a very like the legal eagles of Ravnica and and turned paperwork into the funnest adventure. Ever. I feel like that should be the adventure of every department of home affairs. It should just be that. <laughs> For people who don't know, our home affairs department is an absolute joke. Well, I, I want to think it's like that around the world, but. No, it's really not. not. Uh, around the world, it actually works. Fantastic. Well, good. It's, it's so nice that everyone has been listening to uh, the Revenue Casts. Next question. Casts. So we know your history with D&D uh, because you have a podcast and we've spoken about it before in a previous Dames and Discussions, but what is your exposure to Magic the Gathering, the world that Ravnica comes from, and or strategy card games in general? I don't play card games, yo. <laughs> Not Done? for you. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Full stop. I mean, I've played Exploding Kittens. I like that. Oh, yeah, it's That's Exploding Kittens. And I used to play Munchkin when I was younger, but like... I basically, guys, I'm not geek enough. I only role play. That's it. But let's and take fight. Yeah. And let's also take a moment to note when Wednesday says she only role plays, it's like five days a week she role plays. And cosplays and sword plays. Um, I don't cosplay. I just like to dress up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to your, your, was it Red Oxygen? What was it? Uh, what that you, you wore at Comic-Con? Oh, zero two. Zero two. sorry. Yeah. I knew there was oxygen somewhere in there. It was it's just sound. elementalized. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you did an amazing sweaty job there. <laughs> <laughs> good job. You were sweaty. <laughs> you did good. Uh, mm, card playing game-wise? The only experience I've had with magic in the past was an ex who used to play magic at university with his other geology friends. Uh, and they used to like play break. Because magic rocks. While the rest of us oh. like sat and ate lunch and chatted, they were like, magic. And you're like, okay. Uh, he's the next now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a, it's not a, like, a, a frame of mind about magic. It's a frame of mind yeah, about, it's that about, player. about that player. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I've never really been interested in magic other than the stereotypical, it's a trap. You will lose all your money if you, <laughs> if you stop playing magic because you Inverted won't be able commas. to stop. <laughs> yeah, lots of floating commas here. Yeah. Um, so, but also the 
world I couldn't really find an interest in until I started reading Ravnica and then I was like this is amazing and I started speaking to my brother about it he's like the Simic Combine you're you're just blue just blue blue green guys blue green and he was like oh god you're the worst I'm like why (laughs) like we're amazing I love this I would love to try and play magic as like the Simic Combine kind of with I have no idea how magic works. I feel like I'm going to get an education very quickly. Um, you know, that's the thing. I think um, a lot of new people to the geek uh, spheres have a very interesting relationship with Magic the Gathering. Because, so I actually have quite a, I inverted commas, long history with magic. Because... Um, <laughs> Back in the day, and for those of you who listen to Dames and Discussions and so on, I've always been geeky, but I grew up in, like, a very sporty, like, um, bro she town. She was supposed to be a jock, but... Yeah, but I'm still jock when my asthma's not killing me. Uh, <laughs> I play on the soccer team and the netball and all the all the ball games. Yeah, <laughs> all the ball. No, I actually legit played on the soccer team and stuff like that, but... Um, so because I came from that town, there was, and we didn't have a comic book store. We didn't have anything to really do. I only played RPGs on computer because that's the only thing I had access to and read fantasy books. But my mom's one friend's kid played magic, the gathering. Right. And I was like eight and I, and he had these ice cream tubs, which I realized now was either his lots of, uh, duplicates or his um, expensive cards because he didn't want to let me play with them. Um, and so, But I, I could look at the pictures and I was just like, the art was beautiful. Yeah. And I was just like, I want to know how to play with... I wanted to play with the art, if that makes sense. But he didn't want to teach me because, A, I was eight and his dad's random friend's kid... Um, And then when I got into the geek community, I felt like, and maybe it's just how it is in South Africa, but Magic the Gathering felt quite closed off. Yeah. um, And very hard to get into. And so I was probably in the geek sphere, inverted commas, for (laughs) two years. I actually only learned how to play Magic the Gathering last year. Because at a convention, um, uh, a, another geek podcast here called Geek of All Trades, they did a like a scavenger hunt where you got points if you did different geek activities at the convention, and one of them was Magic the Gathering. And I'm very competitive, so I was I was not taking no for an answer. I I grab somebody and I'm like, you will teach me how to play Magic right now <laughs> and we are going to play Can you this magic imagine how intimidating Carla must have been to that poor unsuspecting geek who was like you teach me magic right now right here yeah shame I think maybe that's why they don't teach me magic because I'm like you <laughs> me magic gathering that magic um after learning how to play magic the gathering I downloaded the magic the gathering app and played on there for for a while is and that App called Hearthstone. No, that's no, no, something else. That's a whole played, another game. Yeah, uh, but if you okay. have played Hearthstone, you have played a strategy card game before. So I have not played Hearthstone. I just thought uh, Hearthstone was magic. 
Uh, it is a strategy card game, and some of the mechanics are familiar. Okay. Um, but I've yeah, I've played the Legend of the Five Rings card game, and I played Dice Masters, which is kind <gasps> of a card game with dice. So I actually really enjoy strategy card games. It's just Magic: The Gathering, as I as I said, felt it feels like a very closed community and because the only place you see people playing magic the gathering um if you if you don't know someone who plays magic the gathering is at conventions and then they're there to compete in their tournaments and so they do take it very seriously and they're not there for you to come and be like uh, what's this why are you tapping that land why what <laughs> what's happening with that land so I understand, but at the same time, the I'm sorry. What? <laughs> What's happening with that left? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's tap it. Tap the left. Uh, I also remember the only strategy card game I think I've ever played besides Exploding Kittens and like the ball. But I don't really count those as card games. Those are more board games. Yeah. Like the harbors of the world and um, werewolf and stuff like that because those aren't really card building. Deck building games. Yeah. Um, was Pokemon? Yes, Pokemon was one, and Harry Potter. I also played those. They had a Harry Potter one. We also Kirsten kind of... just forgot we played that in Angola when we were the waiting Harry at the airport. Yeah, I I bought it. It was on sale at the Nexus, super cheap, and I got like a starter set. And we were we Harry had Potter two hours, three hours to kill, so we played the Pokemon, not the Pokemon, the Harry Potter game. I feel like it was a very short game. I didn't really get to fully experience it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I feel like maybe the world of Magic the Gathering has been hard to get into. But as Kirsten said, once you started reading about... So I was always interested in the game and the art. I didn't, I didn't know there was a story attached. I just thought, cool, they, they released these amazing new sets. And with the sets comes awesome artwork and card mechanics. That's, that's it. Mm-hmm. But to read the story and the setting, it's it's so interesting and so in depth that that's also why I felt a lot of pressure because I'm like, people are gonna know. I don't know these things. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will know. Excellent. Three more questions. One first for Carla specifically. So you speak about game and you speak about art and that's the thing that drew you to Magic the Gathering, say. What was the inspiration for the one-shot adventure for Dum Dum Die and the Ravenna cast specifically and what were the hooks for you to, to make that one-shot? What, what drew you to make the story you made? Um, or, or what's the word? Framed. I know it's made by everyone, but yeah. what, what framed that structure? Um, I, think, I think the, the Ravenna casts framed it, if that makes sense, because... I I knew there were 10 different podcasts and we were all playing a different guild. So I took the book and I, and I wanted to see how could I get things that were very intrinsically similar combine um, from the book and from the story or the lore that I know and put it into our adventure because I wanted people to walk away from our adventure and truly feel like, they could play something from the Simic Combine and and have like a starter set of this is what is Simic Combine. If I see a Simic Combine in the street, this is what it would look like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I knew I definitely wanted to have some underwater um, 
activity because it is what makes the guild special. And so I definitely wanted to have that. I definitely wanted to have the laboratory because laboratory, that, <laughs> damn, every day. Um, uh, because it is so interesting and the mechanics in the book, for especially for labs and for um, characters that have ranking and um, a scientific place in the, in the, um, in the guild, you get, depending on your ranking uh, it, within the guild, you get like three crassuses and four research assistants. And it's, it just really fleshes out that world. And what's awesome about it is I think when, if we play in it some more, when we play in it some more, mm. um, it really creates like awesome backgrounds for characters like Mantille who are, you know, researchers researchers because they have researchers running in the background they have their crashes it's like growing. they have wait. it's like you have a career mm. Mm. okay guys is it crassuses Cressi. or is it Cressies? Uh, I, I think like Manila would say it's a Cressies. <laughs> Cressies does sound Cressies best. sounds best so that's a nice link to ask then the the sort of connected question to the players is I wanted to find out what drew you to those character types then and not necessarily class because you've kind of spoken to why that class was interesting but the type of character you made why a researcher like Mentil um, what was that what drew you to these character types I'm sorry is the question about like the race that we picked or the it could include that but no just what drew you to make a character like that when you were looking through the Ravnica book oh that was um Maybe you should go first Wednesday. I need to think about that. Okay, so for me, the first thing is like, I love mermaids. <laughs> I, I love mermaids. She literally sent a picture on the WhatsApp group for our podcast going, I think I found the perfect man. And it's a gender bend of Ariel. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, fishy, fishy, fishy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So that for me was definitely, that was the race that I wanted to play. And when um, I looked a bit into like Ravnica and how they describe their merfolk, I was like, this is really cool because this is not like your aerial. This is something hardcore. This is like a proper, this is like your tribal races basically. So that was really cool. And then also for me, like I've been playing a, a rogue for a very long time. So I wanted to do something entirely different. So I thought, okay, fine. So we're in the semi-combine um, and I was leaning towards an adaptationist because I thought, okay, so now I want my character to be a bit of a fanatic because I want to play lawful good because I've never ever played lawful good before. And I was like, I want my character to be fanatical. So when I looked through the, the details about the semi-combine, I was like, this faction, this is where your fanatics would be. They would be adaptationists because they would believe that they're doing the right thing. They would wholly believe that they're doing the right thing, even though they're actually quite possibly batshit crazy. Um, and and <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> sort of like almost fueling a war rather than trying to prevent it. Um, so yeah, so that for me was was the draw to playing this character, and I had a lot of fun creating this character, um, which is why I wanted to play her again. Um, also because I built in a lot into the history and like that sort of thing. But yes, that mm. is me. I look Wednesday forward to it. Wednesday goes into the entire history of her character's ancestors and then works her way up. Wednesday <laughs> is 
a dream player for yeah. a GM to create plot hooks. <laughs> I actually had a plot hook for you in our one shot, but we didn't get there. Are you serious? I had to, I had to pull it out. I was like, oh, guys, there's so much. But that's the thing. The world is just so full. Mm-hmm. I think when I started looking through the book and, and all the races that we could play, I really wanted to um, kind of get the guild right. So I looked through all the races, what races would be appearing in the Simic Combine, what um, roles they have. So I settled on the Simic Hybrid um, with the Vidalcan base because, A, as these people would know, but maybe not the listeners, I play elves quite often. <laughs> Whether it's a half-elf in Oriel or in my tomb game, I play an Eladrin, which is seriously fun, but I wanted to play something quite different. And the Vidalcan offered that, and then to build in the hybrid base gave Mantil a really different look and feel to a character that I've ever kind of played before. Mm. And the fact that she... That the the guardians, um, they had this background of they were volunteers who were experimented on, but I wanted her to be a researcher herself. Um, and typically in the book it says researchers were typically wizards from the tra- transmutation school. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to be a wizard from the transmutation. And the fact that she was so fascinated, kind of like a um, his octopus guy from Spider-Man. What, Dr. Dr. Octopus Dr. Yeah. Octavius Sorry oh, oh, Not octopus I just saw arms And I was <laughs> like it, it, Octopus it's Ocean Doc Kind of so. Yeah I thought his name Was Dr. Octopus guys. Dr. That's his Octavius. evil Villain name But his real name is Yes Otto But Octavius. basically Like Mantil Mantil was a much Gentler version Of Dr. Octavius Which If you played The PS4 game Of, of Marvel of Spider-Man Yes Marvel yes. Spider-Man Um very nice in the beginning, went very dark and corrupted at the end. So she was kind of like pre-Dr. Octavius, um, but also very obsessed with research and experimentation and um, kind of experimented on herself and, and ended up the way that she was, which she was very happy about. There was no like, oh, this went terribly wrong or, or anything. I don't know. Maybe there could have been if there was more time. But... Uh, I also love the background of these researchers often create Crassus, even though Mantiel calls him a Krakus. Um, and it was so interesting to see like the bonds, the personality traits and the flaws. And I know not necessarily everyone uses those parts of the, of the character sheets, but it was so interesting to be like, oh, I have a pet Crassus and I would do anything for it, even though it's trying to eat me. Like <laughs> I love that kind of Dexter's lab element of it of this giant pet who who isn't necessarily your friend but you love it and will do anything for it so to actually meet a crassus in the in the one shots like Mantua was utterly delighted until it started trying to eat her again and then things made a morally twisted turn but (laughs) honestly it was I love the idea of having a, a career that you can gain these favors within the guilds. I know they have a specific word, but I'm not seeing it in the book at the moment. But you gain like favor and ranks within the guilds that you then get more assistance. You get more 
um, resources. You get all these things that can just build a character in a way that you're an adventurer, you're an adventurer, and you might become king of the fish people or something. But like, other than that, once those fish people are gone, they don't really make anything in your in your life. And in because Ravnica is this world like city, it's always relevant. And it's not like you go from city to city. You go from, um, what are they called again? Sections. No, not sections. Well, you go from... Camp- sectors. Yeah, campaign like, to campaign, basically. Well, like, there's also the different sectors of the city, like sector one, sector The precincts, yeah. So yeah. even though the precincts. city is technically the world, the sectors inside would be the, the cities within that, which is nice because they kind of all change. Um, yeah. That's a very complicated way of saying why I picked Mantil. And I just want to jump on to something from that. And I think it's it's a problem that, you know, as a GM, sometimes you have with creating why people, why adventurers get involved in, in such... A strange way. Yeah, in such a strange way or in such complicated... Um, Matters. I mean, look, if you're looking for them to kill rats in the cellar, that's fine. That They just saw a sign in, in the tavern. But, um, you know, when they start becoming kingmakers and things like that, it's why would random adventurer one, two, three, four be asked to help a king that they don't know? Whereas the guilds and building that ranking can really create, you are a trusted member of the guild and this is why you are given such an important part to play in, in the world. Um, also, and this is one thing that I really, really loved about the Ravnica book, um, is how malleable it is. And I feel I love that about the Simic hybrid characters because it's one of the few characters i I feel like if I was a player, but also while I was making the NPCs, it it's so malleable and you can truly create exactly what you want with that character. And every level it'll grow. It's mm. it's not like some of the other character uh, races or classes where it's race, you've got all your stuff at the level one and then you never have to touch your race again. And classes where it's like, oh, in two levels I'll get a feat or I'll get a spell. Mm. This is like, what adaptation do you want to have? Like, what skills can you use? What does that create in your body? What does that change how you look? And that's really, really interesting. And also for the Simic Combine with the monsters to create that. So creating the Crassus is is that malleable? So you decide, like, okay, what two animals do you want to permutate together? And then what like skills would Mm. that give them and i think it's just opens itself up to such a truly creative end where the players and the gm can take ownership of the characters they make Mm. and that i loved about the simic combine and the ravnica book Thank yeah, you. I think just the fact of, of biomancy and ocean together is like such a fun, fun place to play in because you don't usually get to be in an underwater space. Like you can get a cap of water breathing and stuff like that, but then it's usually only for like maybe no. one or two or three sessions underwater and then you're up in, on land again. It's never set in like an Atlantis almost the lost city of Atlantis kind of, which 
the semi combine have built under the city within the water pockets. So, oh, it's so interesting and rich. Yeah. I think it's worth uh, stating here as well that uh, we are not being paid to promote this book in any way. This no, is we're just fangirling. Fan, <laughs> fandom, and we just like it as much as the next person. So, good. Yeah. Last question. Yeah. for each of you uh, and I'd like you to um, think as imaginatively as you can out the box there is no stipulation to remain within um, D&D in any capacity or form but if you could mix or combine any two story worlds or universes like they've done with Ravnica the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica so mixing Magic the Gathering with D&D those two universes if you could do that with any two which two would they be? So are you talking about mixing systems or mixing... Story worlds, universe, story, story worlds? universes. Oh, okay. So I suppose the one that immediately jumps to mind is like mixing DC and Marvel, right, together. Oh, yes. um, that sort of thing, but completely anything, any stories so, like, you like. basically mixing the D&D system, but in a other world. Not even Not that. Not necessarily. Okay. Just two story, okay, cool. story universes. Okay. So who, whose law would you like to see mixed together? With another one, yeah. Mm. Uh. Wednesday. Oh, no, she's Ooh, thinking I hard. Think, I need to think. Carla? Um, I, I, I can think, edit out silences. You can take yeah. it down. I think I would like to add Fallout to something because of the um, the different uh, bunkers and uh, looking at uh, if the Reddit. So there's a Reddit that tells you from Fallout 1 exactly what experiments were happening in each bunker. So to create those kind of worlds. So I would love to have... Fallout mixed with, you know, I would actually mix Fallout with Ravnica because I feel like with the 10 guilds, Mm. they they could be bunkers from from, like five of the bunkers could be from the cult of Rakdos and and it would just be an unspoken uh, experiment that lived underground and maybe that's why the Zonauts came. Mm. Yeah, I would. I would mix Fallout and Ravnica. Yeah, I got to be honest. I do truly, absolutely love Ravnica, mm. and it's a setting I'll play in. I mean, besides the fangirling from Ravnica, love it. Yeah, want it, need it in my life. Um, one thing I've been toying with for a long time, and eventually, maybe when work slows down a little bit for the December holidays, I can actually get down to to writing it. I've desperately wanted to mesh the world of, of Greek mythology, of the Greek gods, of centaurs, of um, nymphs, like using those wonderfully, beautifully rich stories with these characters and gods and goddesses who have had all this history together. And you can, it's it's almost like kind of a Ravnica where they've all had history, they all have stories, you can take that and use that as inspiration and get your characters to be, to play the gods and goddesses and put them in these moral situations where everyone's got pre-existing relationships and things that have happened between them and stuff like that. So for me, I would love to sit and actually work on either, either one shot or if I'm being very ambitious, a campaign mm-hmm. uh, with, with Greek mythology probably involved, but I wouldn't say I'd mix that with another story world. I'd want to work in that kind of space using the D&D system. So using 
the classes that you have with the history of the characters of gods and goddesses and demigods and stuff that already exist. Like, although D&D has got a lot of creatures that actually exist in Greek mythologies, like Medusas, like Krakens, like... You can play a centaur in Ravnica You can now. play a centaur oh, in Ravnica. And a so you can play... They already exist so much, but I want to have that family drama and history involved in there as well and I think it would be so interesting to play please do that and sign me up okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe at one of our RPG nights yeah yeah okay so for me um because Ravnica was so inspiring and it really was like for me to have that whole because you get the sprawling city but it's in a fantasy setting I mean, mm. like that for me was really, really cool and they did it really well and they brought in the politics and it just, that for me is a world. That's a world you play in. Um, so my ideal would be basically to run the system Unknown Armies in a fantasy setting um, because like I'm, I really love Unknown Armies. It's my favorite role-playing system. So I would like to be able to do that, to create a world where you can run Unknown Armies in a fantasy setting. I mean, I haven't got there yet. I think I'll <laughs> stick to the way that Unknown Armies is usually run. Um, so the current campaign that I'm working on now that I'm writing is um, sort of like a gunfu western that I'm going to run in, in, in Unknown Armies. So, yes, I'm looking for two players. <laughs> <laughs> the call has gone out. Not joking, hey? I um, know from my perspective, I was thinking as you were all talking now I was like oh you know Pokemon would be cool uh, but I know that there are tabletop RPGs for Pokemon already um, and I like the idea of Harry Potter RPGs but I know some people have run it in the Genesis system some of them I know Critical Role ran them in D&D &D. and then I was like well I don't know what worlds I would mix and now I just wonder if I would just mix Pokemon and Harry Potter together so combining those universes that's called <laughs> the Fantastical World of Beasts the Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts. Beasts and where to find them yes uh, that's called Fantastic Beasts everybody <laughs> is Newt Scamander. Yes, everyone is Newt. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I think it, for me, it's, it's hard to think of what two worlds I would mix because everything I'm a fan of generally has such a rich world that mixing it... Dilutes it a little bit. Dilutes it a little bit. Like with the DCM model, it's easy because... Even though their characters are... So you're mixing there, you're mixing the characters. You're mm. not, yeah, but the worlds, worlds exist the worlds in the same, same way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's similar. Mm. But yeah, for me, like Harry Potter and Pokemon Go... Uh, Pokemon Go. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I was looking at the Let's Go Pokemon oh, yeah. beef in, earlier. Um, but Harry Potter and Pokemon, I love them so much that That's I wonder if combining them would dilute them mm, it would do less for each of them rather than letting them live separately yeah. so maybe um, Wizards of the Coast did a good thing blending two worlds that are theirs anyway and yeah I think but, I mean was it really blending two worlds Ravnica is taking the Ravnica law and putting it in a D&D &D mm. kind of setting and yes they fleshed it out a hell of a lot more but I mean Faerun doesn't exist in this in this area but I think also they did what they did do that I think Magic the Gathering players will appreciate. Um, I think. I don't know. I haven't played <laughs> these cards. But it looked like from my research that 
they tried to build some of the card mechanics into mm. D mechanics. So okay. like some of the monsters, I'm sure if I, I looked up that monster's card, its skills would, would be similar. Mm. And that's, I think it, I think it just nods back to magic, the gathering and, and I think we'll be seriously rewarding for a magic player to be like, Oh, I remember that card. This one had a strength for this thing. And, I think that's an insight also that us as players, we don't really get because we purposefully don't look at the monster manual. And also Carla makes custom monsters. She will mix and pick and choose what she wants out of each monster. So we are very much, which would be mostly the case, but I think in, in a Ravnica setting, it wouldn't be things that those characters wouldn't have come across before or wouldn't have known about. So with someone with a magic, the gathering history, they can go, oh, a, cr- a crassus. Okay, cool. It, it's this thing. They have weaknesses in this place kind of thing. And they can kind of work back to what they remember from the card stats. And I would find that very rewarding if I kind of knew that they had a weakness in this spot or this stat is their strongest try and avoid this. I think that would be very yeah. rewarding as a player. And don't the colors also have something to do with it? Like the guild colors with like versus when you play, well, basically when you're playing Mm. against each other, you pick your colors according to the strengths, the different strengths and weaknesses. So I think that probably also came across in the guilds. I mean, I don't know. I don't play card games, but I do know that when people go up against each other, they're always like, I'm going to put my red against your white or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, sure. (laughs) No, the guilds are are dick. Decks yeah. essentially. Yeah. So if you played a blue green deck, you would be playing a Summit Combine. Summit Combine, yeah. Summit Combine deck. Mm. Um, I just want to add sorry, I know we're wrapping up, but <laughs> I just wanted to add so I generally play homebrew settings because uh, coming into the geekery inverted commas so late in life. Um, well, I'm sorry. Are we late in life? Did I miss a memo? Yeah, no, I'm old now, guys. No, late, late in life for my, like my friends. So I come, in, I join a table, and they've all been playing for years. And I'm like, hey, guys, this is game two for me. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and they're, they're open about that, but I didn't want to run something in Faerun, I because I I know my players know the law better than I do. I know. Um, that that world is already so full and someone will be like, no, but that's not how vampires work <laughs> in Curse of Strahd, okay? They don't work like that. Um, and that's what I I really, truly loved about Ravnica, which is why I will play in Ravnica, is because... It's a new world you're exposed it's, to it's along with everyone else. And it's new to everyone else. So... We we can explore this world together, and it's not like I'm gonna have one player there that's sitting and saying, "Hey, no, that the crassuses don't mix with crocodiles." I'm like, you don't know that, <laughs> and the book says it. So <laughs> <laughs> the book says it. Oh my it. gosh! You How many? <laughs> yeah, it was a very lame uh, raspberry that I blew there. Oh but, gosh! And that's what I I like about Ravnica. It feels like a new start and in, it feels wholly new. Mm. Yeah. And it's I not since 1970s law building of Faerun that yeah. I'm sure also veered into different worlds after the past editions. I have no scientific basis to uh, <laughs> put this on because I only know 2 She hasn't done the research. I haven't done the research. 
But there are a bunch of PDFs, I think, called Plane Shift, where they started incorporating different worlds from Magic the Gathering. I forget the guy who made them. Sorry, guy who made them. (laughs) (laughs) It's on D&D Beyond. There's an article about it. Go read it. Okay. Um, And I think, yeah, someone might say, but then just don't play with those players. But I know Sean, my partner, we're playing in another game and we're actually playing Curse of Strahd. And he's created a... No shame, this character died a half spell. <laughs> that sounds like the Wizard of Oz, not <laughs> the Curse of Strahd. Um, but the the character that died, he was like a what do you call those people who like a compulsive liar uh, and compulsive liar. Yeah, compulsive liar. <laughs> what do you call those? Oh, people? pathological liars, and yeah, yeah, something like that. And he would always say, like, yes, me and Drist de Erden did this thing. And the other players would sit there and be like, yeah, yeah, I know Drist. And they could piece his backstory because even though he had never done anything with Drist, who is a a drow character from uh, the Forgotten Realms book, I believe. Yes. Um, I've I've read one of the books. Hmm. I've read one um, of the novels. Uh, The rest of the players who have been playing for a very long time all felt like, yeah, Sean's just made this world richer for us because we know the setting. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice to go on a journey where everyone is enriched by the setting because it's new enough that you haven't had to have read the Drista Erden Forgotten Realms books and this book and the campaign book. So that's what I love about Ravnica. I think for us at least, when Carla plays in her homebrew world i think for us it's a lot magic a, a lot more magical because carla gets to play in the way that she wants without i feel like it is a lot of pressure not saying that our listeners are are rule rules lawyers rules lawyers or anything like that but for for me and tristan who who started playing the starter campaign and then went into the tomb and have played a lot of one shots based in in Faerun, I mean, I'm still very clueless on on law and stuff like that. And I like discovering slowly as we go. But a lot of my characters, the way I play, I don't, I'm not a big note taker. I believe that like what I remember, they remember. Mm-hmm. And if I don't pick up those details, I mean, there'll be moments of clarity where I'm like, yeah, I remember this thing and this thing and this thing connects the dots. And there'll be other times I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> which, I mean, is me as a, as a player and maybe that is the way I need to change the game style. But what's really nice about playing in Kalandos is that we're discovering the world along with it. And when we started playing as our gods, I mean, Carla didn't say, you're going to be playing as your gods now. She's like, we're going to be playing a one shot to warm you guys up. And then we're going to go into the campaign. And the way that she wove that into the history allowed us to create our own law, which I think was so much more special and made it so much more personal for us. I would never have reacted as Oriel seeing Vladislav for the first time if I had not played Vladislav myself once upon a time. So I think that just makes it so incredibly rich uh, in a way that I was never expecting. Oh. Fan girl. Yeah. yeah. No, I like I, I really enjoy Kalandos as well. Like as as a homebrew, I think it's awesome because 
And it also means I don't have to D&D properly. <laughs> Do you even D&D, bro? <laughs> I don't have to D&D properly, which is cool. But also it allowed me to not, well, because Kirsten's right, like creating your own God allows you to play the kind of character that would follow yourself essentially, mm. <laughs> which is which is pretty cool because um, I was lucky enough to have created a, a God character who wasn't really gung-ho about anything except fighting and then now play a rogue character who doesn't care about anything other than picking up chicks and it works. Mm-hmm. It, makes, so, it makes the world a lot richer. Yeah, so so for me, thank you, Carla. Mm-hmm. You are Thanks. awesome. Hear ye, yeah. hear ye. Perhaps we should just see some Kalendos mixed in with Ravnica. Is that what we're saying here? Well, mm. uh, you know. Mm. Mm. Maybe just play your Kalendos characters in Ravnica. We just play oh. no, Oriel would play not out. do well. Oriel would Your. not do well in Ravnica. <laughs> I don't think she'd survive very long. And you can and you can play guildless members. As an aside, yeah. I know we've spoken about the guilds a lot, but you can play mm-hmm. a guildless member. As yeah, well. and no, adding think... that complexity of your families grow in these guilds. That's how yeah. you've grown up. You can mm. choose to reject it. You can choose to carry on, or you can choose to reject all society and be a little anarchist. But maybe we yeah. should thank the other podcasts that were involved. Yes. Do you have I'm a list? I'm trying to get the list. Give me one okay. second. Um, but yeah, to wrap up, because now we've we've chatted for a little bit, which has been lovely and insightful and a reminder that the book is out this week. If you listen to this podcast, as I do, as one of the biggest mm-hmm. fans every <laughs> week, oh, yes. um, then it has released... Please someone out big fan, Tristan. Yes, I beg you, it's a please. Out big fan. Wow, um, that sounds <laughs> old. So, so uh, on the 20th of November, globally, it uh, is available to all normal humans. And if you listen to this later, it's probably been out for a while. Um, yeah, I would say, because I know from some of the, um, I'm going to call them old school role players. Um, they were unsure about getting Ravnica because they were like, they had never been interested in Magic the Gathering before. And they thought maybe, you know, look, this is just a ploy to get Magic the Gathering players to play D&D or vice versa. But truly the book is so rich and and look, we weren't paid to make this uh, make this podcast. We actually weren't paid to make the other podcast either. We were just given the opportunity to play the game. Basically, but- Carla told us on the WhatsApp group, so guys, we've been invited by uh, D20 Dames to uh, be part of the Guild Master's Guide to Ravnica Lodge. So I said, yes, I hope that's okay. We were like, oh my God, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> but I, I think if you were on the fence about getting... The Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, grab it. It's it's so beautiful. The art, the artwork is amazing. Mm, the artwork just in yeah, itself. Yeah, but it's anything like the cards, man. Yeah. And then just the setting, it's so rich. And I think it, it's going to be a nice change for a lot, of, uh, a lot of players. Yeah. Can we please play on the side? Play, play Ravnica on yeah. the side. I think we're going to... Don't throw can, your character sheets away. Yeah. I was just Keep thinking... Bringing them back. Please, can I have a second episode? We can do like a mini-series on the side, yeah? Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> I know that my brother keeps threatening to kill my Eladrin elf, and I'm like, is it okay if I play a semi-hybrid as a backup character? <laughs> so look, there's this, there's this sheet that I have of a Vidalcan. What's that? Shh. Shh. All right, so I'm done. I'm done with questions. So, Carla, would you drive us out of here? Uh, Can I thank the people? So, Dungeons, Dice, and Everything Nice, who are playing the Gruul Clan. Thank you all. 
the RPG Academy, uh, who are playing the the Orzov Syndicate. Uh, us? No, we don't need to thank ourselves. That's a bit weird. Rivals of Waterdeep playing the House of Denier. D20 Dames playing the Azorius Senate. The uh, Fate and the Fable Maidens uh, podcast uh, playing the Silesnia Conclave. Uh, VRE is very random. Very encounters. random encounters. Encounters podcast. Uh, playing the Boros Legion, uh, Dragons and Dames and Dragons, playing the Golgari Swarm, and uh, Queens of Adventure, playing the Cult of Fractos. And thank you so much to Wizards of the Coast for letting us do this. Yes, and yay, what's he? Yes, and uh, Jen. Yeah, from my side and from the whole team side, a big thank you to Jen who took a chance on a random podcast in South Africa where people didn't even know D&D podcasts exist. existed. Um <laughs> So on that note, please go to all of those podcasts on their own page as well as the Dungeon Delve page and rate and review all the podcasts. Because, we'll post all the links. And, you know, it really does help our podcasts and it, it helps our groups uh, be more searchable and all those kind of like marketing things. But your rating and reviewing really, really, truly does make a difference to all our podcasts. So please, please, please And also just them. talking to us as well. We love conversations, people. Yes. Talk to us. Yeah, if you if you do buy the book and you do play, let us know what guilt you're playing. Let us know what adventures you're having because that is what I loved about the GM's Discord. I would love to, if I know you're playing the Orzov Senate and you send me a mail saying, so our Orzov Senate is doing this and then I'd, I'd <gasps> totally Can drop you imagine? it in. Everyone is playing Ravnica at the same time and you're like okay cool we're going into the Orzov sector what are you guys doing at the moment and then they come back and saying we're doing this this and this and this and this person has overtaken this place because that other podcast has oh that would be so cool yeah so even even if you're not a podcast if mm. you're your home just game groups. and you just like this is what's happened we've kidnapped someone from the Gruul clan like really we want to hear about your experiences playing in this game in all your games, uh, we love talking about role-playing. <laughs> um, so, please remember, if you enjoyed this, please rate and review us on your favorite and not-so-favorite podcast apps. Rate and review everybody else on your favorite and not-so-favorite podcast apps. And remember to share us with your friends, foes, families, and familiars. Thank you to my players. Thank you to Tristan. Thank you to Watsi. Thank you to all the other um, podcasts. Thank you to Jen. Thank you to Greg Tito. And... The biggest thank you of all to you, the listener, for for listening and engaging with our podcast. Without you, we would have never been asked to to be a part of the, the podcast of Ravnica. So truly, truly thank you. And as always, I hope you have the most amazing week filled with also a Ravnica adventure. Yes.